Welcome to Rams Iconic. I'm your host, DeMarco Farr, and this is the podcast where I get to catch up with some of the greatest players in Rams history. It's a chance for you, the fans, to take a trip down memory lane with me and reminisce about some of the greatest moments you've had as Rams fans, but also it's an opportunity to introduce some of the newer fans to iconic players that have made this franchise what it is right now. My next guest, first team All-SEC, first team All-American for the Vols, the volunteers at the University of Tennessee, drafted by the Rams in 1998, named to the Pro Bowl in 2003, Super Bowl champion defensive end, and franchise leader for now <laughs> in <was>. sacks. <laughs> the past tense. <laughs> With 87.5 sacks uh, for the Rams, the great Leonard Little. What's up, man? Man, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, every time I see you, I want to start singing that song. LL Cool L is hard as eh. <laughs> anybody. Hey, what's going on, man? You used to sing that too. You remember this, man? You used to sing that back in training camp when we was together, man. Back in St. Louis, man. Every time I see you, every time <laughs> I see you, hear your name. That's what comes to mind, man. Yeah, eighty-seven and a half sacks, man. I mean, that's a career, homie. That's big, and it, it could fall this weekend. <laughs> Are, I mean, are, it's going to fall eventually, whenever it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, was it a big deal for you to become the franchise leader in sacks for the Rams? No. DeMarco, the, the the real truth of it is, is I didn't know how many sacks I had until really? like last year. Um, Someone showed it on TV on one of those specials and Aaron Donald's getting close to breaking um the sack record. And they showed my number of sacks. Someone called me and sent me the video. And that's the only reason why I know how many sacks I had. It, I mean, it's crazy. Well, we we've been tracking. So what what I want you to do is, uh, I've I've been telling people this is a big deal. I mean, what Leonard Little did, eighty seven and a half sacks, great. You never see that again. But Aaron's doing this from the inside. He's a D tackle. That's about. See, that's what I mean. Tell people and tell Aaron what it means for for him to pass you. I mean, it, it means. I mean, the way he's doing it, he's doing it the hard way. I mean, Demarco, you know, um. People like to protect inside out because the defensive tackle is the closest person to the quarterback. So they're going to protect that regardless with everything they have. And for him to do this and do it this quickly, it, it's, almost, it's almost amazing. I mean, because he's getting double teams, he's getting triple team. And now, you know, they got him moving around the line of scrimmage to try to free him up a little bit. But it's hard to do this, especially in the middle of a defense, especially when teams are basically basing everything on protecting the quarterback from the inside out. You know, I'm trying to think of my 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 top four guys from 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 my era, people I know. If I had to pick four Rams from history to rush the passer for one play for all the marbles, okay, I got you, I got KC, I got I got uh, Aaron Donald, and I got me. <laughs> That's I true. think we're gonna that, be okay. <laughs> I think we'll be. I think we'll get a sack on that play. Hopefully, we should because look, man, like you said, um, you guys are great players. You and Kevin Carter and. Aaron Donald's what he is, and I guess I sit back in the back and try to get the job done too, man. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know, I thought I knew everything about your career, and uh, this is the one that got me. I didn't know this story. Um, when the Rams drafted you in 1998, you actually were on the phone with the Steelers. Yes. So the Steelers thought they were going to pick you, and then the Rams called and said, "No, they moved up to take you." Jim Haslam will tell you this story. You know, Jim Haslam was my uh, coordinator for a couple of years in St. Louis. And I was on the phone with Jim Haslett. And he said, we're about to pick you. And um, my phone beeps. Like somebody beeped in. He was like, don't answer the phone. So I'm on out like, coach, I got to answer the phone. 
So when I clicked over, it was the Rams and they drafted me. But I was about to go to Pittsburgh. What? Wait, wait. So don't answer the phone as if you could stop them from drafting you by not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I guess they won't really want to draft me. Want to draft me? And you know, for my skill set, I thought that would be the best place for me to go was the Pittsburgh. I would play outside linebacker in a three-four. But um, yeah, he told me not to answer the phone. And I clicked over the phone. It was, I think it was Dick Vermeil or Charlie Army, either one of them. And um, they said, it's going to draft me. And, you know, the rest is history. Wow. Uh, you know, and I remember the transition. I remember, you know, LL, the linebacker. And I like LL, the I defensive was man, better. <laughs> you I were mean, terrible. DeMarco, Air Hughes, Jessica Nina, KC, uh, uh, everybody on the defensive front was like, man, put your hand in. Oh, Ray Agnew. Like, right. man, you need to have your hand in the dirt. I'm like, I want to, but. They're not going to let me right now. So, you know, I played linebacker for a while, but um, a lot of stuff happened for me to move to defensive end because KC left. If KC would have stayed there, I would have never moved to defensive end because, you know, he was one of the best in the league at the time. But a lot of stuff happened. I moved to defensive end and finally moved to defensive end. And, you know, they gave me a chance to, to actually go out there and play. And bold. I mean, you, you absolutely ripped it out there. And that's that I remember that that 2000 season when they were sliding Kevin inside, putting you right, outside right, for, right. to rush the passer. Uh, I think I was I was banged up or on my way out or whatever it was. But I remember retiring and I I have this image of you as LL, the linebacker. When I came back doing TV, dude, you had put on 25 pounds of <laughs> right. muscle. I mean, that that period, I mean, what changed in you? Like, did the work ethic change? Did your diet change? Because all of a sudden, I mean, you went from skinny to like yoked out in a couple of seasons. It um uh, both, you know, with me, I'm a visual learner and I see yeah. how guys around me are working. Like I saw how you guys worked. I saw how, you know, even Tori Eyes and Orlando worked. I've seen a lot of how, how they worked out and what they put into the game and you know, once you guys left and Lovey Smith came in, um, they was like, well, if you're going to play defensive end at, the, at this level, you got to gain some weight. Because I was only like 225, 230 pounds yeah. at the time. So they will find me every Friday if I'm not over 250 pounds. So They would find you? Every Friday if I'm not <laughs> over two, 250 pounds in 2001. Um, I was close to 250 that year. I kept lifting, kept, kept eating. Then once I got to 260, I finally start filling into my to my grown man body a little bit. I wish somebody would find me for for, <laughs> for, for, for eating. You know what I mean? <laughs> let, me, let me get that same deal. I'd be 400 pounds and be happy. But what it did, DeMarco, when I started gaining weight, I started building my confidence because I got stronger. Yeah. And I felt like I played better. You know, you know how it is, man. You can't be, you know, 220 pounds playing defense and then you get thrown around the field. So once I start gaining weight. And um, getting stronger, it started building my confidence a little bit more on the field. Okay. Well, you, you I think you understand this. At 220 pounds, you're not a defensive end. You're a pass rusher. You right, know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you're in right. there to, to do one job. But you became right. a defensive end. Um, and I'm just looking at your numbers, man. I mean, just unbelievable. And you didn't know how many sacks you had? You didn't know you were approaching the franchise sack record with these numbers? Nobody told you? I mean, I just didn't. You know, once you're in the game playing or, and you in the season, you really don't think about it. The only thing I thought about was playing well, having my team win. I never thought about stats or anything, but I knew if I played well, I know stats was going to come from yeah. that. But um, I was just worried about playing football and playing well. Well, talk to me about 03. Um, this is the first year you made All-Pro. I mean, that is when you arrive, when 
it's not just Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl is one thing. That's fun. Everybody wants to get there. But All Pro means you are the best in the business of what you do. What was that like for you when you were named to the All Pro team? Uh, I felt like I had better years than that. Um, you know, my old one year was, was, was better. I think Oh, two year, I had a pretty good year. And Oh, three was just the combination of both of those years put together. I think they, they finally said that, you know, I was worried they're making all pro, but, um, I was doing the same thing in Oh, one that I was doing in Oh, three, but at o, in Oh, one, I think I did it more on a higher level. Yeah. Um, because I was, you know, I was a third down guy, and then I became a second, third down guy. Then I started playing, you know, every down. But um, I think I did better those previous two years than I did in 03. Well, I'm looking at these numbers. 14 and a half sacks in 2001. That's when you backed up Cheedy, right? Cheedy went out right, there for right, first and 10 right. or whatever. I was second, third down guy, you know, pass rush guy. And, and absolutely killed it. Uh, two forces. And then the next year, 2002. Now, this is what I thought was your best year. 12 sacks. That's not as many as 14 and a half, but 12 sacks, nine forced fumbles. Now that's, that's getting it done. That's getting there and causing, a, and, and just causing havoc when you get there. So what is this about? And Bill Kolar told me to ask you about stripping the football, <laughs> something you worked on. Is that something you worked on or something he put in you? Well, I tell people this all the time. And they still ask me about my career. Um, Bill Kolar basically taught me the position. He taught me everything about the position. He taught me one of my best moves I ever had. He taught me what to look for. He taught me how to read offenses. He taught me everything. But um, he really instilled with Lovey Smith, they really instilled in us, you know, stripping the ball. And especially me as a defensive end, once I get around the offensive tackle, get into the quarterback, trying to strip the ball out. Because most of the time, quarterbacks hold the ball with one hand. So if you can't strip the ball out when the quarterback's holding the ball with one hand, then something's wrong. So that was one thing I try to do. When I, once I get around the ball, I try to strip it. And hopefully get the, you know, get the fumble and have stuff to go our way. See, I, I think I love Bill Kolar. You know why I love Bill Kolar? Because he never coached me. But I love watching him. <laughs> <laughs> he I was tough. Well, him. I will say this, DeMarco. He was tough on us. But once you get it, once you get his philosophy and get where he's coming from, he leaves you alone. Wow. So basically by the time 02 and 03, basically he was, like, he was telling me just go out there and play because he knows that I know how he really wants me to play out there. Turning it up. Do, do you know that your, your nine force fumbles passed Deacon Jones for the franchise lead? Did you know that? You passed no, Deacon I, Jones. I, I didn't know that. He, he was one of the best players. And he is the best player in the franchise, I, I would I would say. This this is why I love this show. Because, see, I'm, I'm telling you stuff you didn't even know about you. <laughs> I love right, this. exactly. This is this is awesome stuff. Uh, so, 12 and a half sacks, all pro. Uh and then, okay, so this is something else. Uh, going back to AD and you and me, um, the undersized label. Uh, it still bothers me when people call me undersized. And when you say undersized to Aaron, you better back up two steps. You know what right. I mean? It, it's it's not that we're undersized. We're just not as big as everyone else. So, so some other similarities between you and AD are being undersized. Tell me about being undersized in the National Football League and how tough it is. I, I think it's a mantra that that has been said forever, but what people don't realize, you can be undersized, but as long as you get the job done, that's the only thing that matters. Um, I was like 260 pounds going against 320, 330 pound guys, but I still held my own because I was strong enough to hold a point of attack and I was quick enough to to wrestle a passer. And with the same thing as Eric Donald's doing, he's what, 280? 
290, yeah. something like that. But well, that's what he's he, listed at. <laughs> but you know how it is. He might be, you know, closer to 300. There's no telling. But Or, or the other way. Yeah. <laughs> or the other way. When he's strong, like, he benches over 500 pounds. He's quick as a cat. Um, he flips his hips like no other. So as um, long as you get the job done, that's the only thing that matters. I mean, if you weigh 220 pounds at defensive end and you can hold a point of attack and still rush a passer, I mean, that's the only thing that really matters at the end of the day. That's what I'm talking about. Led the team in sacks, Lyndon Little, uh, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2005, uh, 2006, 2008. Four seasons of 12 sacks or more. I mean, that is what I am talking about. All right, Leonard. So on this show, this is what we do. Uh, we, we try to go back for each and every player and called it's called my favorite play. Uh, so if you have one that comes to mind, your favorite play. I already have, I already have it already. Oh, you do? Okay, go ahead. I, Tell me about I just it. Probably, I had an interception for a touchdown in Jacksonville. That was my favorite play ever because, um, you know, playing these defensive men, you always want to score a touchdown and you yeah. always want to score a touchdown over 10, 15 yards. So I don't, I don't know how long ago. I think it might have been 30 yards or 40 yards, but um, that was one of my favorite plays ever. But 36, 36 yard interception return for touchdown. This is funny yeah, because my but, broadcast partner is Maurice Jones Drew. So, and was he- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But DeMarco, I was sick as a dog that game. Really? I was sick. I wasn't going to play. I had like three IVs before the game. I was sick. That, that's the 2009 game, right? Right. I was sick as a dog. I had three IVs before the game. I had one at halftime. I had three after the game. So wow. I didn't know how I made it through that game. Was it that St. Louis flu? It, 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 something was going around, man. Yeah. <laughs> something was going around. I don't know what it was. Well, man, how, how did you make it through the game? I, I mean, what, what drove you out there? When you're when you're feeling that bad and you need that much help just to get on the field, I mean, most people would most lay people would tell you you need to not go to work that day. What right. puts you on the field that day? The competition and the willingness to win. I mean, um, I don't know how I made it through. Like you, you know how you know how we do. We practice stuff so much that it becomes natural. Yeah. So once I got on the field, my body just reacted to everything. It, I mean, it was a crazy feeling and. When I, <laughs> it's crazy. You remember uh, the pastor used to be on the sidelines? Um, yeah. I forgot his name. I actually prayed with him during the second quarter. I was like, man, listen, we got to pray right now. I don't know if I'm going to make through this game, but we got to pray to God and I'll make it through this game right wow. now. And it <laughs> no was, way. It, you know, we're in Jacksonville and it wasn't cold out there either. You know, it's usually cold in St. Louis and yeah. it was warm in Jacksonville that day, but I just went out there and just played. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I, had a, I think I had a sack that game. I had like eight or nine tackles. I mean, I don't know how I did it, but it just happens that way. Sometimes. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes you have it's the crazy. best day of your life when you're feeling your worst. I guess I was, you, you know how it is, DeMarco. You start concentrating more, I guess, when you're sicker. I don't know. And um, it just your body's going in the auto mode, I guess. You just go out there and just just play the game. You know, it's funny, man. Um, you know, Frank Gans, uh, he used to always say, never let the other guy down. So no matter how bad I was feeling, um, I always thought about the other guys. I didn't want to be the guy that let it down or let them down or whatever. So that's kind of weird. Or maybe I didn't want to give up my job. I don't know. All that means I'm going to <laughs> just a little bit of everything. Absolutely, man. That's crazy. You three IVs before the game. Yeah, I had three IVs before the game. I had one at halftime and I had like three afterwards. And uh, did you practice during the week? Um, I got actually I got sick on that. I started feeling sick Friday. Saturday got worse. And Sunday, it was it was terrible. Wow. Wow. See, that's what I'm talking about. Kids, see, when you're when you're sick, you don't have to stay home from school. Tough it out. (laughs) 
tough it out like Leonard Little. That's just crazy. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, almost sick and and couldn't go. And this is the best day. I love stories like this. I love stories like this. But the last place I want to be sick in is Florida and play in Jacksonville. <laughs> really? Right. When it's hot outside. Man. When it's it hot outside. The last, that's the last place I want to be. You know what? Uh, one more thing. Uh, whenever I see these shots of the Super Bowl, uh, the, the one we won where we beat Tennessee and that that last shot where you're in the shot where we're rushing (laughs) the passer, right? That was the craziest sequence like probably ever in my life because you know, um, everybody was gassed that whole, that whole series (laughs) coming down the field. So I'm like on a far field. I'm like, you know where the offensive bench is and you guys was, they was coming down by the defensive bench. So I was on the far side. So I'm on the sideline. My helmet was somewhere. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, those guys are tired out there, man. Hopefully they can hold on. Well, wait, wait, wait. Why, wait, wait. Why are we tired, though? Tell the people why we're tired. I mean, <laughs> Steve McNair and, Thank and you. Eddie George. <laughs> it was Steve McNair. He did it by himself, basically. He did it by himself. Rest in peace to Steve McNair. He, he was a great player. He basically man. willed this team by himself to drive down for that last drive. Hell, we couldn't get him on the ground, bro. <coughs> couldn't get him on the ground for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting for the sideline. Somebody get him now. Somebody get him now. We couldn't get him on the it ground. Just, it just didn't happen that series, right? Wow. So, before that last play, I'm far away from the play. I'm on the other side. DeMarco, if you play football, I'm on the offensive bench side on, on oh. the field looking. Yeah. So I'm like, man, those guys are tired. Then I hear my name like, Leonard, Leonard, Big Daddy calling me. I'm like, why is Big Daddy calling me for it's like you got to go in the game. I'm like, me? So I had to rush to find my helmet and rush and run into the game. So I'm thinking, like, oh my gosh, I'm in the game in the Super Bowl, and this is the last might be the last play of the game. So what what am I going to do? I tried to rush the passer, got stoned at the line of scrimmage. Um, got lucky because Steve McNair didn't see me getting stoned at the line of scrimmage. And you know, he got the ball off. Mike Jones made a made a great play and we was off the field, but some people know I was on the field that last play, but most people don't even know I was on the field that last play. They they had I had to see pictures. I was so tired. Yeah, I, was I didn't know I didn't know where I was or who I was. <laughs> you didn't probably know who you was right there. No idea. Wow. <laughs> but I, but I was telling people, and I was talking to Coach Vermeil about this. That speaks to what our team was about. It was about next man up. It was oh, yeah, about doing yeah, it for the okay. other guys. So yeah, I mean, yeah, to to finish the game with guys that I guess aren't starters is why we were in the Super Bowl and wanted to begin with. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's a testament to our team and a testament to our coaching staff, too, that they gave, um, that they felt like I can go in and try to make a difference in the last play of the game. I mean, that really showed me a lot. Man, Leonard, I'm tell- remember when uh, when Jay, Jay Williams and Kevin Carter almost had him wrapped up and he got out? Remember that? Right. Man, I thought about roughing him the next play. I'm like, man, look, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be out that, here playing Superman. <laughs> that probably was the worst drive of the game, but it ended well. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, obviously they came back the second half, and I think that drive really, really gave them confidence they, that, that they will, could win the game, and it, and it should have because of what they did. But, yeah, you know, we should have blew them out. You know, it, it should have been a blowout in the first half. You know what I mean? How many times yeah, we have the ball in the red zone? Nothing. Yeah, like yeah. We we should we should have crushed them, and you know we. It's the Super Bowl. They were good too. They deserve to be there. It's the oh, same I thing asked, happened with us, you know. In yeah. one, the same thing happened with us too. So I was going to ask you, and I asked Fletch and Tori, and um, this this is not meant to to bring you down. Are you okay with being an NFC champion now? 
Because I know it was tough back then. No, no, you, you're never okay with it. I mean, you're mm. never okay with it. Um, I love winning the Super Bowl, but you hate losing the Super Bowl more than you love winning it. I mean, yeah. um, especially, you know, with the team we had and opportunity we had and, and things of that sort, and you replay stuff in, in your head, like, all the time, like, if I would have did this and did that, that we could have won the game. And I replay a lot of stuff from that game that if I would have done well or one or two plays I would have done well, we could have won the game. Wow. And people don't really look at the game like that because, you know, we played DeMarco and we analyzed the game like that. But it's one or two plays. Of, if I were to make those plays, we would have won the game. See, that's what Fletch said. Fletch said we, it's not like you played bad. You just didn't play your best game then. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't our best, but, you know, defensively, we, we played we played okay. I mean, we gave up, I think, 10, 13 points, I think. on yeah. the def- Actually, on the defense, but... On the last drive, that was our worst drive of the game. And wow. I messed up like two or three times that drive. And, and you know, we didn't keep them in bounds. And a lot of stuff happened that drive that really, really hurt us. And uh, The shocking thing is, the funny thing is, I saw Tom Brady again. He's still playing. How? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't, he has a fountain of youth in, in his backyard and, wow. you know, in, in Tampa somewhere. He had, he, well, he had it in New England. Then he brought it to Tampa, too. Wow. Well, L, man, thank you for coming on Rams Iconic, man. This was special. Uh, this was awesome. I've been wanting to talk to you forever uh, just to catch up, but just I have to get you on to get your voice on Rams Iconic, and it just so happens that Aaron Donald is going to bury you like he buried me. Through <laughs> Everybody else. <laughs> That's three years into his career. Three years. <laughs> like, like, he burying us like he did. He's doing the whole league right now, so right. I don't really feel too bad about it. I grab. I said, "Bro, I worked hard for them numbers. You, you're making <laughs> me look average, man." <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, wow. man. L man, thank you, bro. It's good catching right, up. With D Marco, you. Talk my to you man. Later, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, now. All right. That's a wrap on this episode of Rams Iconic. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with the great Leonard Little. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and if you'd be so kind, please go ahead. And leave us a review. Also, don't forget to experience the Rams house to purchase single game tickets for the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Visit the Rams.com slash tickets. That's the Rams.com slash tickets. Thank you for listening. I'm DeMarco Farr. We'll see you next time on Rams Iconic. (laughs) 